Steve, how's it going, man? Uh, good, good, uh, good weekend with the family. It's my, my, uh, went and visited my wife's sister and her husband and, the my daughter's cousin, they share like almost, uh, their birthdays are one day apart. They're both just turning six here in the next few days. So get them together together every year on their, um, close to their birthdays anyways, to hang out. And yeah, I had a good trip. Went over to, um, uh, Victor Driggs area of Idaho. So it's just on the, the Idaho side of the Tetons and went to, did some mountain biking up at Grand Targhee. Uh, yeah, it was just a good trip. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, it feels like we're kind of, uh, recovering a little bit from some chaos of hunts and hunting season and back to kind of doing more of a normal Monday minute episode here, which, uh, if you guys are new to those, this is kind of an, informal episode a lot of times we do q and a uh, with your questions with listener questions so we'll we'll get to some of those today um yeah to quickly and this will kind of tie into a listener question here in a minute but we actually just last week before you took off on that trip i was out there in idaho and uh we chased elk for a bit unsuccessfully <laughs> which I think you and i both kind of joked like we were due for a little bit of humble pie because not only on uh, last couple of years of rifle elk hunting, we've been tagged out uh, very quickly, but I don't know, even our spring bear, like we doubled on opening day. Um, yeah. The, just, I feel like the last handful of times that you and I have specifically hunted together, it's gone quick and this was a good dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It was something like that, I guess. <laughs> I still don't know what to make of it. Um, we just had terrible, terrible hunting. I uh, just, we, you know, even, I mean, obviously we were talking during the hunt, like I'm always, um, you know, I think it's very important after a hunt to, to grade yourself. And really it goes even during the hunt. Right. Um, like, I, how am I doing? What am I doing the best that I can, you know? Um, and we were doing that during this time. I mean, we were, we did everything right. We busted our butts. We got up early. Uh, we hiked smart. We used the wind. Uh, and so sometimes, um, there's just, you know, I, I say there's things out of your control, but certainly, uh, the animals that w- what we were dealing with was like, it's just been incredibly hot here in Idaho. Even that, that last week of September, I was bow hunting with Cody and, and, uh, I mean, we were dealing with high seventies, you know, midday temps, never even once thought about like putting on gloves or anything like that in the morning, it'd be 45, 50 in the morning. Uh, and I was like optimistic. We were hunting basically very similar country to where, you and I were just hunting and I was like, man, we really need like a couple storms to kind of get the animals, like start kind of migrating, moving through this country. And, uh, it just never happened. And then it turns out when, you know, we're out there last week, it's, it was every bit as hot. I mean, we're 75 midday temps and, uh, again, never even touched freezing in the morning. It was just no. really hot com- combined with, um, v- like not a cloud in the sky, not a drop of wind, uh, it was just about the worst conditions you can imagine for, um, uh, you know, just have animals up and active during the day, super bright moon at night where they're just feeding all night. Um, so we did our best and I'm, I'm itching to get back up into that country later in the year, just to see if, uh, you know, if we, we're getting some snow on the mountains right now and just see if that kind of shakes things up and gets the animals moving around. Cause that's country that we've been hunting i've kind of learned over time i think is there definitely has to be kind of weather and animals start like migrating into it right that's not a place that they live in july um 
And uh, so, I mean, I'm very much itching to get back up there and try to go get elk killed here and, and just make sure that it improves with the weather, that it's not just like all of a sudden this spot that's been amazing for the last four years uh, turned to crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was thinking about like in the, the last two times we've been in there with a rifle anyway, during rifle season, like you and I combined have in the last two years, hunted five days and killed each killed bulls. Right. So four bulls in five days. And then this year is like, we put in six days and literally never had a shot opportunity. It was like, it's just yeah. such a stark contrast, but it goes to show that like every year's different conditions do matter. And yeah. you can't like one thing, I feel like we did well, like just to, again, to try and think of like lessons and takeaways is yes, we, we attempted to do what we've done in the past, right? Like, so we had a track record here of success and knew some areas that historically had been good, but then at the same time, we were quick to adapt and go, this isn't working. Let's get out of here. Let's pull up stakes. Let's try a different spot. Let's try different terrain, um, different approaches, different techniques. And I really feel that we did do, we just threw everything we had at it, really. I mean, we yeah. we glass smart, we moved smart, we covered miles when we needed to, we were patient when we needed to. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. It was just, yeah. that's a weird one. I, 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 in hindsight, I'm like grading, instead of grading myself, I was like, man, we did an a, a grade as far as how we approached the hunt. It should have it should have worked. Um, and I was that the thought that entered my mind there a little, a couple minutes ago was like, even if you do everything right, <clears throat> there's always still some bit of luck that takes place in a hunt, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's just doing everything right. Um, and you continue, you continue to do it right over and over and over again, you're just pushing luck more and more and more in your favor, you know, because how you sometimes you reflect back on a hunt and you're like, man, if I hadn't like, you know, if I had stood up two seconds later or two seconds earlier or whatever, like how many times do you just catch an animal moving through the trees um, mm -hmm. where you know, that ends up being the one you killed? But if you weren't in that exact position at that exact time, would you have ever seen the animal, you know? Um, and sometimes it just like you do everything right. And it just, you just never catch that little bit of a break. Uh, but again, I think just the, I, I still don't understand it, man. <laughs> it's like, all right, the elk were, the elk were up feeding all night long. So we obviously like, you know, adjusted our hiking strategy to get into benches and side hill through country and get into the timber where it's shaded and where there's water. And we still can never even bump elk. Like I, um, I just, yeah, I, all I can do is just shake my head on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And we did, you know, one of the things we strategically changed was again, trying to hunt different cover and different terrain. And, uh, we had that one day of hunting thicker country that we yeah. kept bumping some elk, um, some of which were cows and calves and, um, things like that we did bump a bull as well. But we also knew going into that, like it's just a perfect example. I think a mindset me years ago would have gone into there and then been, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but that's all I can come up with right now of bumping elk and getting frustrated by that versus going into it now with a bit more experience, just knowing that that's what is going to happen. Like you and I talked about, if we're going to actually have a shot opportunity in here where these elk are and in this terrain with how noisy it was and things like that, like it's going to take 10 encounters to get one maybe that will actually work out. So 
those other call it nine encounters of bumping elk or things not going our way was very much just expected. And then when it does happen, it's just like, okay, like, yeah, figure that was going to happen. Right. Like let's keep trying because maybe it's, maybe it's one out of 10. And again, obviously we're making this number up, but um, it also doesn't mean that it is encounter number 10, right? Like it could be the second (laughs) encounter. And in fact, like the, actually the very first encounter, if you know, was trying to shoot a cow at a cow in the scope. So um, it's just, again, like even managing expectations throughout it is very important. Yeah, absolutely. So tying that to, we actually did have a question and this came in a couple of weeks ago, but was something I realized kind of tied to our recent experience. This guy wrote in and said, I was wondering if you guys could touch on your development of mental toughness. I recently finished my first elk hunt and my first ever backcountry hunt in New Mexico. Physically, I was prepared, but the mental battle to stay in the game was more difficult than I expected after eight days of hard hunting. So he kind of, that's what he wrote in initially. And I was just kind of curious. So I kind of asked him for clarification and, and said, what specifically, you know, did you struggle with? Like, was it missing home or family? Um, you know, was it enduring difficult conditions of weather, or other factors? Was it lack of confidence in finding game, et cetera? So as he was asking about mental toughness, I was kind of trying to nail down like what mentally he was struggling with over that hunt. And he said it was partly missing like his wife at home. Um, and worrying about how she was doing. But then he said, she, of course, was fine. Uh, that was just my overreaction. He said, the main thing that was so mentally challenging was seeing elk sign every day, but not getting to see any animals. We had one bugle interaction, but never got eyes on the bull. After six days at close to 10 miles a day, I lost my mental edge and focus. Being a new hunter, um, and especially new elk hunter, I felt that I was just making the wrong decisions for myself and my hunting partner on how to hunt the animals. So this came to mind because it was a very similar situation of, uh, I basically hunted six days. We were doing close to 10 miles a day for the most part. We were seeing, at least in some places, what seemed to be like great elk sign, but not actually getting on animals. So like all these things that he pulled out really tied to our recent experience. And then again, Based on that experience, this guy is saying like, hey, how do I mentally stay in it and keep an edge and keep focus over a hunt like that? So for you, Steve, what's something, you know, his hunt or our hunt we just came off of that you feel like you've developed over the years or certain ways you think that helps keep you in the game over a hunt like that? Oh, well, you know, A, this guy's not alone, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like, he's not like, Oh, after six hard days of hunting, just about every hunter is going to start getting frustrated and lose focus. Yep. Um, I think, you know, that's just going to come. sounds like he did. He, he hunted hard, you know, like mm-hmm. you're doing 10 miles a day, six days in a row and, um, hunting hard. And especially if you're new, you know, you're, um, that's probably in itself mentally taxing because you're probably questioning everything all the time. Right. Which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of on this trip, we started getting into that category of just like, all right, we're seeing elk sign everywhere. Where in the heck are the freaking elk at? Um, and so you're just questioning, like, are we in the right place? Are we in the right spot? Are we, you know, should we be down there in the, in the bottom of the Canyon versus up here on the Ridge or just whatever. Um, all that stuff running through your mind is just kind of mentally fatiguing. Versus just being like really zeroed in on like what's in front of you. Um, so some of that just going to come with experience, right. Um, of, uh, 
knowing, you know, I knew I was frustrated, but I knew we were doing the right things. And so to me, it's just like, okay, stay in it, stay positive, keep hunting hard. And eventually, you know, the dominoes are going to fall in our direction. Uh, we're going to, we're going to catch that break and get a note killed for you. Um, and then I guess, so that, I mean, the, the, and then the other side of that is do take you and I took a couple, um, you know, want the, we did this big overnight backpack loop and we got out to the truck at like five 30 and it was dark at seven 15 or something like that. And we, we were like, ah, oh, we could freaking jump in the truck and haul butt over here and, and check out this place. We might get a, you know, 45 minutes in hour in, mm-hmm. uh, but i you know, like we just like, ah, you know what? We got beers of the truck. Let's, let's, uh, make some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, drink a beer, relax. And then we'll, we'll drive to where we want to go in the dark and hike in. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking, taking little breaks, you know, just to give yourself that, um, just mental break and relax. And, and, you know, you and I, the, the story obviously ties very well to what we did is that you and I were both like, you know, you still got to realize like we're doing what we love to do. Like even, even though this, I think these were your exact words on the hunt, even though this sucks, this is still awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's hot we're not seeing animals but you dream all year long about being out here so uh tough it out for a few more days right um and uh, hopefully things go your way yeah those were things i was going to touch on too like taking those little breaks mentally because when you're out there hunting you are as you said steve like constantly questioning like oh let's do this let's try this should we be doing this like maybe we should do that etc And it might sound like taking a little bit of break, you know, maybe between moving spots, which was the case for us may sound like a physical thing, but to me, it's much more mental. Like you and I getting back into getting back to the truck, we're not in analytical mode anymore. We're chilling, having a beer and a peanut butter and jelly and talking about other things. It was such a mental break and like a reset, like think of that as a reset of, okay, like, I think that was the end of day four. Um, you know, covered a bunch of country, did a bunch of things. We knew where we were going to go next. As you said, we just didn't necessarily rush to get there for maybe half hour, 45 minutes of shooting light, have that reset, have that mental break, get your mind off of it. And now you're starting the next day or, you know, later that night, if you're hiking in, it's dark, whatever, you're starting that much more fresh for sure. So yeah. And then just like, as you said, appreciating the small things, like any more, I don't, um, part of me doesn't want to give up on a hunt early because of like, I know that anything can happen at any time. So like from a hunting success perspective, like my recent mountain goat, like I know that it's day nine and we have to get out of here today, but I know that something can still happen. And it did like on that mountain goat hunt. So part of me is that same way on every hunt. Like if we have six days elk hunt, I'm going to go all six days. Cause I know that something can happen right up till the very end. That's true. The other part of me just enjoys being out there so much. It's like, no, even if the hunting sucks and I don't think we're going to find an elk, which I always stay positive. But even if I, if, even if I knew we wouldn't find an elk, it's like, if I have two more nights to you know, sleep in the mountains and look at the stars and put on some miles and hang out with good people, then you better bet that I'm going to be out there for those two days. Like if it's all I can do. Right. So just enjoy the whole process is going to keep you in the game. Even when you may feel like you're spinning your wheels from a hunting strategy perspective, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> he was that last night where, you know, we backpacked in and one of our strategies during this hunt was making sure we were backpacked in and sleeping where we could, if we we're thinking they're active at night. Um, and it's like, okay, if they're, if they are still bugling, let's be in a position where we can use our ears, even in the middle of the night while we're sleeping, if the bull's close enough, he's going to wake you up. Um, so that we could kind of locate elk and it never worked out for us, but, um, <laughs> You had mentioned like, oh man, I'm freaking bummed. This is my last night out here. You know, even as crappy as everything been, you were like, um, cause the stars were just, it was panoramic all around us. Just absolutely gorgeous night to be backpacked in the middle of the mountains. Yeah. Um, and so as crappy as it was, you were absolutely still enjoying it and regretting, uh, sad that it was almost coming to an end for sure. Yeah. It was weird. Like it was honestly really fun, but because the weather was so wild, we knew there was you know, there wasn't a cloud in the sky for days and days and days, no chance of rain and obviously very warm temps. Like we just were bivying it every night and it was just gorgeous, man. Like it, it was just so stinking fun to be out there. So, and like, and this guy touched on it. Um, you know, he mentioned at the end, like him and his hunting partner, I will say that having people with you that have a good attitude and you can spend that time with and enjoy it makes all the difference it is definitely tough to be solo or obviously to be with somebody else who you know is constantly pointing out the negative and just isn't positive right like i can't it used to actually like hunting with people like yourself included steve years ago like something you will do now is like oh man we're definitely gonna kill an elk in the morning type thing right Mm -hmm. and i used to think that that was like you know, just pumping it up, rah, rah, whatever, like motivational talk. But I've come to realize that for yourself and now also me, like, I really believe that now, like, yeah, we, yeah. it's not just like good intention, positive vibes, or I'm going to say this because the hunting sucks and I'm going to trade and make Mark feel better. Like you really believe like, oh, we're going to go freaking kill an elk in the morning. And I feel the same way too. Like, and I think, again, I think that comes with experience of just seeing how quickly things can change and having confidence in adapting your plan and adapting your strategy and like knowing how to make changes over the course of the hunt. But when that becomes reality for you, and then when you're hunting with other people who also have that confidence, um, that alone is, is just such a change in how to stick with it through tough hunts. Yeah, it's, and I don't know, there's no cheat code for that. Um, I think it's just comes with time and experience and, um, yeah, like <laughs> I remember, I remember, uh, we, um, just with when Cody was out here, you know, he had tagged out and then we had Jake come meet us up cause he had the same tag and we had, we were kind of East, like East scattered. We were on our phones on the Onyx, like looking for a new area to hunt. We'd never been into. And as we were driving Cody and I almost identically, like, Oh yeah, Jake, you're killing an elk tonight. Cause we could see up in the country where we were going. It was just Benji with burn and timber and, um, both of us just like instantly like, Oh yeah. You, you just like visualize yourself in that country. I know there's an elk in there. I know we're going to go kill it. Um, and I think that just comes with, with time. Cause Jake was just looking at us like, you guys are idiots, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, but you gotta, you, that you just, you have to develop that confidence. Cause it, it changes how you approach every second of the hunt in my mind, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're thinking at any moment you're going to kill something, then mentally you are ready at any moment. And you're, you're looking for that opportunity instead of being 
you know, negative Nancy where you're like, oh, it's never going to happen. And you just kind of have your head down and you're kicking an ox walking down the trail. And then all of a sudden that opportunity is there, but you're not paying attention and you don't catch it. Yeah. That's so key. Like always being ready to execute on the opportunity. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think we covered a lot there. Any other takeaways from the hunt? Like strategic <sighs> stuff. I don't know. Like your stuff. It was funny. It felt like a labor day hunt. Like it felt like it was early oh, September. Geez. Yeah. That um, was weird. Yeah. I mean, um, we were like, I was yeah. running, you know, Solomon trail runners and all that stuff, which normally it's like, Oh, it's rifle elk season. It's mid to late October. You got to be ready for the cold, but everything was just so freaking mild. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm still just uh, beating myself up over it as far as what we could have done different, you know? And I, I think the, um, I should, we should have packed up shop and headed to like the far corner of the unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, th- when I got back to town, it's like, you know, t- I got text message and stuff from buddies who are also out hunting and like people were killing elk that weekend, just in, in that area we were in, um, because of it's uh, a lot of it's burned with timber pockets and um because of that you know it's the so much burn that it's wide open the heat was intense during the day it's very bright at night the animals were moving i think we could have had much better luck if we had uh, just packed up and 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 yeah just drove you know 40 miles the other direction and tried mm-hmm. it um that's only that's only in hindsight i would like I could have done, but it was all part of the part of the process. We hunted some new country. Um, we're learning it. You know, the next time we go back, we'll apply that to that area. Um, there's a lot of advantages to being consistent and hunting the same, same spots. So um, I feel like I'm better suited to hunt that country next year that, that now that we've gone through, uh, gone through that crappy hunting and checked out country and kind of learned learning what the animals do and don't do when, when you get weather like that. Yeah, it's kind of a wrap on that hunt, but hopefully there's some uh, some good lessons pulled from our fa- our failure of experience, and then that guy's questions on dealing with difficult situations over the course of a hunt. Um, let's hit a couple quick ones, Steve. One of the ones that came up um, this fall, this guy wrote in and said, "I'm curious what water filtration system you guys have been running this year specifically." I've heard in past podcasts, you've mentioned the sort of squeeze, the kitten and be free, the platypus quick draw, and maybe others. He said, I've used the sort of squeeze in years past, but I'm frustrated with the filtration rate and longevity. So I'm looking for other options. Ideally, I'm looking to build something um, with an inline capability um, similar to the Sawyer for refilling a bladder used all the above steve what are you what have you settled on <laughs> yeah well, I think you, you me and basically like everybody else i hunt with is settled on the cated and be free um it's uh it's the fastest flow rate it's incredibly easy to use i really like it's i mean sometimes these you know these all these little simple things on a hunt add up to like making your experience better and it's as, as simple as it is it's the the mouth on the bottle of the Cadian and be free is, is really big. You know, it's like closer in size to an algae. So when you dump that into a Creek to fill it up with water, it, it does it in seconds or for years on the, on the Sawyer squeeze bags. Uh, and I'd, I'd swap those out for, they were platypus. Ho- no, it wasn't hoser, but 
platypus, um, just like two liter um, bag. I can't remember what they call that. Anyways, it's got a tiny little, you know, um, like 16 ounce water bottle size uh, mouth on it. So you dip that in the Creek and it just like, just seems to take forever to fill up. Um, so that's a little thing, but it matters. And then um, the flow rate has been fantastic. I do encourage everybody with these filters, treat them as disposable in the sense that um, you can, you know, I, I don't know, maybe after 30 days in the field, throw it out and buy a new one. Uh, the, the filters themselves are, I think, 30 bucks. If, if you, you know, pay attention and buy some on sale later in the year, buy two of them, um, just treat it more like a, it's a backpacking meal that costs 15 bucks a night. Right. Um, I think you'll be better off cause they're not, they just don't last forever. Uh, but they are incredible. And I, I have the one I've got now, um, I've done a decent job of getting home. And what's interesting on the Caden and be free ones is um, how the filter inside is very exposed. Uh, um, you can actually see all the little filter elements in there. And uh, I think it lends itself a lot better to being cleaned out um, at home versus the uh, Sawyer's filters. Um, so I've been doing, I think the last, after the last two or three trips, I just run, like put it in my sink, kind of get like warmish, maybe hot water, run that through the, the filter sides, actually turn on the spray nozzle and spray it out a little bit. And uh, it seems to definitely rejuvenate it a little bit uh, when I, you know, uh, when I get back out in the field and go to use it again. So, so far I've been very, very impressed. They are, um, it's called like a hollow fiber filter. All these are using the same technology. The downside to all of them is that they can freeze. So you just have to be um, careful about, um, you know, if it's going to be freezing at night, you know, a, I always, after every time I filter, um, when you, when I screw the filter cap off, I just shake out the filter real quick and just, you know, water comes shooting out of there. Um, so I'm getting as much water out as I can. And then if I'm going to be, you know, in freezing temperatures, um, that thing's going to be either like really buried in my backpack, you know, maybe wrapped up in something. So it's kind of insulated or, if it's really cold, then I'm going to just throw it in my sleeping bag with me. Um, just making sure you're doing things like that to prevent it from freezing. Yeah, I'm, I've settled on the bee free as well, um, kind of for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, and he mentioned specifically using it kind of in line or with a quick disconnect. And you totally can do that as well. Sawyer, um, we've done a better job of talking about that in years past. And then Sawyer does a better job of showing how that's possible, but it definitely is possible also with a kitted in be free to run it in a quick disconnect and fill up a bladder if you'd like. Um, and another thing I just love about the be free system is it works with, it works with quite a few bags out there. So like Hydropack, for example, is the one that I use. I carry a four liter Hydropack that I can just use as a dirty bag. Um, and I can just carry that at any point in time if I just want to carry dirty water or the filter connects right to the hydro pack. And those come in, um, you know, a bunch of different sizes, one, two, three, four liters. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been a great system for me. I think, as you said, Steve, if I think as I was doing the math for myself, I think 30 days is probably about right. And that's like 30 days of a lot of use in the field, 30 days, yeah. um, 30 days for me. Yeah. Yeah, I started the calendar year with a fresh one and, you know, did some, we did our spring bear hunt, death hike, uh, several hunts this fall, other summer backpacking. Like I probably have about 30 days on mine now. 
Um, and mine was slower than yours on our recent elk yeah. hunt. Uh, but I did do what you mentioned. It kind of came home and cleaned it here just recently and can tell it definitely helped, right? Like it's not going to make it new again, but it definitely improved the flow rate. So, um, yes. yeah, that's impressive. If you're running this whole year on that same one, that's, I did. Uh, yeah. You got a lot of water through it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, as far as the, uh, I forgot to address that as far as the, inline filter and into his bladder the the uh, sawyer system works with it um so if you just buy the sawyer i think it's called the fast fill adapter kit it um, is yep. you just unthread the on top of the be free is a little kind of pop cap and you just un, you just screw that off and then the sawyer fast fill system just screws right on top that's what i have on mine uh, it works like a champ perfect Cool. Well, that's a good Monday minute for this week, guys. We'll um, our schedules are not quite as crazy over the next couple of months. We'll be back to doing these regularly, and would love to answer your listener questions. So, if you have something for us, um, send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com or look for the link in the show description that says leave a message, and you can use whatever device you're on currently to leave us an audio message that we can answer in a future show. Um, could be gear related could be tactic related maybe something you know from a recent experience or story that you've had in the field this fall but let us know what you'd like to hear and we'll continue to answer your questions on monday minute episodes and then continue to release interviews and other in-depth episodes on wednesdays so appreciate you guys tuning in if you haven't yet hit the subscribe or follow button in your podcast app so that you receive those future episodes automatically we'll talk to you soon